Well, as I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, of course, if, if Westside is home to you or you've been here with us for the last several months, you know that today is a pretty unique day for us. And we're, we've been calling it Commitment Sunday because we're calling each other to commit uh, to something significant. And, and it's not just, it's interesting because we are actually going to be committing in the next little while to uh, a space or a location that we're like saying we're going to be committed to this space for seven to ten years. And now we've been in here for that, for that long or more, but it's always kind of been on a renewable basis. So we're actually making this commitment. So that's kind of a really unique thing for us as a church community. We're excited about that. Um, it's interesting. Yesterday we were part of the Big Give, and eight churches in the West Island served in different capacities. And uh, the MP, the, the government MP of the area, actually you know, found out about this and went around to all the church locations and actually came to say hi. And uh, I've met him before. Um, his name is Frank Ballas, and he actually took a little tour of our site and, and uh, was just interested in kind of to see, you know, as a church, the, the steps we're making forward. So that was really cool to be able to even just be a, a witness to, um, to government officials around us. And so it's a unique season for us as we step into this. Today's unique as well because this whole call towards a capital initiative has been like the largest um, call to a sacrificial gift in, in our history in 15 years. In fact, if you've only showed up today, we've only done this once in 15 years. So that's, you know, that's, that's how unique it is. But, it's, but we're excited about it. Now, as much as I'm super excited about leading us through this later in our gathering, uh, this moment of commitment, uh, and, and we're calling it commitment for a reason, I, what's been kind of growing in my heart leading up today is that in so many ways, we are committed. In so many ways, in our faith, um, in our friendships, uh, in ministry and mission, we are committed. There's a commitment that I see in, in our church community, not just how we serve uh, together as a church community, but even beyond that, that, is, that has been, I've just been reminded of it um, in the last month or so leading up to today. And, and, and so as much as I'm excited to lead us through this moment later, I want to share a little bit about how in some ways we're already committed and, you know, a handful of people 15 years ago um, decided to start a church from scratch, you know, four or five of us, and then eight or nine of us, and then a dozen of us, and that was commitment. Several along the way over the last 15 years um, came alongside, and, and as we started to grow, they expressed commitment as well. Many of us, many of us, every time we give or serve or spend time with someone, or help in some capacity, we are showing our commitment. And the majority of us who call Westside home, when we say that, we are actually saying we're committed, just like we're committed to uh, maybe a family or a group like that. And even, you know what, even when we receive instruction as a church community, you know, whether it's Sundays or in other ways, or sometimes even um, correction or vision, that's a reflection of our commitment to each other and the Lord when we give and receive. So I want to start off, and can we just like, can you just high-five the person beside you? High-five the person beside you, yes. High-five a couple of people, and just say thank you for your commitment. <laughs> that's good. If someone's not high-fived, make sure everyone's high-fived in this place. Hey, I didn't get a high-five. Sarah, can you just like... Can you, uh, Thank you. Awesome. So, 
And why I want to do that, I want to acknowledge that because so often we might find, you know, I tend to be a driven person and our church, we love to see ourselves grow and reach out and do things and serve in so many ways. So often we find ourselves passionately calling each other to something, to serve, to grow, to reach, um, to give, to mission, to vision, to service. But I want to just pause for the next few moments and I want to just pause and just be thankful and grateful for who God is and what he's doing among us already. And uh, the Apostle Paul did this with the church in the first century in a town called Thessalonica. And um, it sounds Greek because it was a Greek area. And we, call, he, we read the letter he wrote to this church called First Thessalonians in the New Testament. And uh, it's a beautiful letter, letter. And it starts off just this way in verse 1. Paul and Silas and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians and God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ... Grace and peace to you. Now, it's not going to be on the screen, but listen to the rest of it. So you just listen with your ears and not with your eyes, okay? We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you. Because our gospel came to you, not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and deep conviction. And you know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us in the Lord. For you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us, and they tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. God, we're so grateful as we open this text, and just for the next couple of minutes, would you speak to us by the power of your Holy Spirit? We welcome that. In Jesus' name, amen. I love this opening to this letter because Paul, as he writes to this church, is grateful. He's thankful. And you can tell, he, he right away, just off the bat, as he starts, as he says the word you, right? He says, I, I'm writing in grace and peace to you. That you is the church. It's not one individual person or another individual person. It's not a leader here or a leader there. It's everybody that would say we're part of the church in Thessalonica, and so Paul writes to this group of people, what Jesus called the ecclesia, the church, the assembled ones who follow Christ and, and live with Christ and serve Christ in the world. And so when you read the word you, 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 you need to remember he's writing to the church. And I love just when you kind of catch that and what that means. And he, he's thankful for a few things. And he starts off in verse 2. And he, and he says this in verse 2. He says, we always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. This is so important to grasp. He's, he's speaking to the assembled followers of Jesus in that region. And he says, I'm always grateful and thankful when I think of you. And I'm praying for you always. And then he goes on and he says, we remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, your endurance inspired by hope, and in our Lord Jesus Christ. I love that. 
Paul gets very specific. He's grateful, not just for them, you know, generally or theoretically or metaphorically, but he's grateful for their work, for their labor, for their endurance. It's, it's produced something that's been produced by faith, that's been prompted by love, that's been inspired by hope. And when I read uh, verses like this, I can say similar things about our church, that I, I sit back and I see what God is doing in us and I, and I see what, what God is doing in you and I see just the things that are happening in our lives and the way we respond to God and serve one another and serve the world. And I can say your work, your labor, your endurance, it's been inspired by faith and prompted by love and it's been inspired by hope. And, you know, it's interesting. When, when there's a week or two where um, maybe I work extra or give a lot more than normal, or maybe I've had a difficult conversation with a couple of people, or maybe there's been a frustrating situation going on and maybe trying to get something done or figure something out. And, and uh, even in this season, sometimes like with this, you know, working to see this new location set up and all the people involved in that. And sometimes there's just frustrating moments. And, and there's several things that can encourage me, like a conversation with my wife can encourage me. Supper with my family can encourage me. A bike ride sometimes can encourage me. Uh, you know, things like that can encourage me. But you know what gives me perspective often? When I feel like I've given more than normal or been frustrated more than normal, often what gives me perspective is actually you, is actually our church. And there's been countless times when I'll be talking with someone and uh, maybe we'll be talking about uh, that, that, that sense of, you know, this was a little frustrating or this was a little difficult. And then somebody pops into my mind, someone from our church community that gives extra or serves extra. Or when I, when I actually stop and think, oh, man, these, this person must volunteer and serve like five or six hours a week. Or this person has spent, you know, uh, several hours this week after their kids have gone to bed, like some people in our Kids Quest leadership team setting up a schedule or fielding a question from a parent. Or, or sometimes I, I think about, you know, like a, a mom or a dad who is, who is, you know, taking time during already a busy week when they're on the go to prepare some kind of lesson or teaching for Kids Quest. Or some of our, our team who really, you know, does our financial work behind the scenes and does reimbursements or catalogs offering or things like that. And I realize they're doing all these things all behind the scenes, sometimes invisible. Um, today, someone just, you know, newly, newly signed up to our setup team and came and served for the first time and joined the other team. And it was joyful, but it was, it was hey, showing up at 8.15, like an hour and a half or two before many other people. And sometimes the people who set this up and set up our sound, I, I was thinking about it. I, th- I thought they spend more time setting it up and tearing it down than we actually do using it. And I'm like, that's, you know, when I think of that, that gives me perspective. Some of our group leaders who clean their homes, prepare coffee and follow up pastorally with someone on another evening. And so your work and your labor and your uh, endurance that comes prompted by love, inspired by hope, that really comes out of faith. I'm so grateful for that, and I, I celebrate that. And, and we are celebrating, in, in some ways, we're celebrating movement into the future, but I'm, as I was coming up to today, I felt like I need to celebrate the past and the present, just kind of like how Paul does. But there's another section here where in verse 5 where he addresses them specifically again, and And he says this in verse 5, he says, our gospel came to you, to you, to all of you, not simply with words, but also with power and with the Holy Spirit 
and with deep conviction. Our gospel, the message of Jesus Christ, the person of Jesus Christ, the work of Christ came to you. And, and it didn't just show up like they heard it. It wasn't just intellectual. It wasn't just, oh, yes, Jesus, he rose from the dead, so he's pretty important. That's all part of it. But Paul says it came, the message came to you with power, with the, whole, the work of the Holy Spirit in, in their hearts, and with deep conviction. And, you know, there's, there's times that I notice a change in someone in our church community. That I, I notice over the course of a, a couple of months or even a couple of years, I notice a change takes place. And I realize, how did that change happen? Or, or I notice like, uh, you know, like a sacrificial gift that someone gives. And I'm like, how did, how did that person come to the place of, of doing that sacrificially? Or I notice how someone, and in fact, it was so funny. I was going to say this, but then someone just mentioned a, an experience to me just during the break. How someone loves someone that they're having a difficult time loving. Like, it's easy to love our friends. Sometimes it's easy to love our families. No, it is. But sometimes, you know, you get in. And, uh, and, but it's hard to love our enemies. Jesus says, love our enemies. I mean, if we loved our enemies more than our enemies loved each other, the world would be different. And when I see somebody that loves, even chooses to love their enemies, I think, how does that happen? How does that take place? And often I'll see the passion in someone who is serving and they've put a love into their teaching or a love into their group or a love into pastoral care or a love into a specific um, financial donation or a love in worship. And, you know, I step back and I say that only could have happened through the deep work of the gospel in their hearts. The gospel came to them and started changing them and working in them. And Paul recognizes this in the Thessalonian church. And I, and I can't help but recognize it in you. That when I notice all these stories, I realize God is doing something. The gospel has come to you. And not just old stories. A couple of weeks ago, we heard Cabby share her story and her journey. Sorry, I just freaked her out when I mentioned her name. But, but um, you know, and she shared her story of how just not even a year that she has been, you know, connected with our community and discovered Alpha and came to our retreat and comes on Sundays and her kids are growing and, and God is doing something in her heart and, and you know, this transformation of belief and faith, this discovery and learning and connections. Two months ago when we saw a few people get baptized and we saw Karin get baptized and share her story over seven years of some of the things, the obstacles that, that she just walked through in coming to know Jesus. I was chatting with someone um, who has been growing in faith and recently got baptized as well. And we were just sitting at the picnic last week. And I said, how are things going in your walk with Christ? And he said, you know, things are going well. I'm learning. We're growing. And, and he said this to me. He said, you know, uh, now when, when the kids go to bed, uh, my wife and I try and take some time and we read some scripture together and uh, we talk, just talk a lot about it. And I was listening to that. I'm like, how does that happen? How does that happen to someone who works in the financial sector and is... You know, doing, you know, just working hard, doing stuff, but is in the world. And, and how do they come to a place where they're saying, I, I want to grow more. I want to read the scriptures. I want to know what Jesus longs for my life. And I, I have to say, well, the gospel's at work with power, with the Holy Spirit, with deep conviction. Something's happening. And we celebrate that. Paul has another reference to the word you, and it's in verse 8. And, and this is a great one. He says, the Lord's message rang out from you, right? He first says, I'm thankful for you. He says, the gospel's come to you. He says, the Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, which was the region they were in. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. 
Your faith in God has become known everywhere. And Paul, as he's, I can imagine as he's thinking about this, I mean, here's the Apostle Paul going from place to place in Asia Minor and the Roman Empire, and, and he's sharing the gospel and, and getting a lot of opposition, often put in prison for something, and he sees these people in, Thessalon- in, in, in Thessalonica, and he sees them, and he says, something beautiful is happening there. The message of the gospel's ringing out from you like in your region, but not just your region, even beyond your region. People are, are seeing and hearing something special that's coming from you. Not only something that's happened to you, but something that's happened from you. And I think, I was thinking about us, and I think this is happening here. That the gospel message does ring out from us. It's happened and it continues to happen. I was thinking about, um, there's someone who, who, who's... Uh, newer to faith and and journey with Christ the last couple of years and in part of our church community. And some friends of his that are part of our church was chatting with this person's dad. And this dad told his friends uh, several months ago, says, you know, I don't know what what happens at your church, but I really love seeing what's happening with my son. (laughs) And 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 this person's not a not a follower of Christ, but he's He's just noticing, like, the message is ringing out of, of whatever's happening, right, in this person to their dad and to their situation. And it's like, whatever you're doing, I don't know what it is, but something's different. And something's changing in him, and it's for the better, and it's good. And that's how the message rings out. Um, Darian Ardozo, who, who is a works with our West Island network of churches that we're trying to build and really build unity with and grow with, um, she sits on a couple of committees. One is a food security committee. And, and here's this amazing thing that God is doing where like over the course of a year, she's just been part of the committee, but they just asked her, would you be chair of the food security committee in the West Island? So like now a believer is chair of the food security committee and how people will you know, be able to just get food at a decent price in a, de- in a decent way. And that, in some ways, the message of the gospel is ringing out. We've been, you know, back and forth with, with the city for our, our um, occupation permit uh, for our new location. And um, our architect called me one day. He's like, Dave, could you, like, call the city? It's been, like, tough. People aren't answering me. So I'm like, Lord, help me break through somehow. And, and uh, in fact, this week, I've called maybe eight times and I didn't get a response. But four weeks ago, I called, and, I, and literally, I was able to talk to the director of the planning department. And she remembers us, and she remembers me from 12 years ago. And I just said, hey, you know, this is what's happened. And she's like, sure, Dave, I remember you, and I remember Westside. And, and, she's, and then she says, it's been so great to track with you guys over the last 12 years. I'm like, well, you've been watching that? Like, I was thinking, like, how does she know? Like, why does she care? And I was thinking, wow, that's cool. So here's this person that just works in the city that says, you know, I know it didn't work out for you 12 or 13 years ago. I know that it's difficult, to, but it's been so beautiful to see what you guys have been up to over the last, over a decade. I haven't talked to her in over a decade. And somehow she's kind of heard. And I thought, that's amazing. Last year, the, the floods took place. It was tragic. It was difficult. And a real community advocate, um, you know, set up a shop at uh, Point Claire and Fairview and other spots and just like tons of food and uh, hygiene um, items came in and it was just crazy so much, like truckloads and truckloads and truckloads. So part of what was happening is people were giving uh, gift cards, right? Like just, you know, they didn't want to bring food or an item, so they brought gift cards. And so um, this person called me up uh, d- around that time 
And she said, uh, she said, Dave, I want to talk to you about something. I said, what's up? She said, I have all these gift cards. And I said, okay. And uh, she said, I, I, need, I don't want to keep them. I, I feel I, I can't just hold them in, with me, you know? And I said, so what do you want to do? She's like, I feel like I have to give them to God. And I said, well, you know I'm not God, right? Like, <laughs> I said, so, so maybe you called the wrong number or something. But she's like, I, she's like I, I, I feel I have to give them to God. And I thought, I'm going to give them to you in Westside to distribute. And so... I said, what are we talking about here? And she's like, there's about $3,000 worth of gift cards. I'm like, so I was thinking, I'm like, you trust us? I mean, I, I would hope she would, but she doesn't really know. Like, you trust us with $3,000 worth of cards? And we passed it in, through the right channels and through the right organization and everything. But that was a little, that was a, a sense where it's like the message rings out. The message rings out to those around us. And it's so beautiful. A couple of weeks ago, one of our community groups in, in Vaudreuil had, a, had, now it's their third annual barbecue on Victoria Day. And it's strategic because nobody does barbecues on Victoria Day. So they're like, well, we'll fill in the gap. So they, and it's amazing because apparently like a few or a bunch of the people that come to this barbecue are not followers of Christ, not part of our church. Or, but they're, they're attracted to something that's going on there because the message is ringing out. And so there's no doubt in my mind that the next few years, the reach of our message, the clarity of our message, the, the, the strength of our message, the amplification of our message, I think is going to be stronger and, and further. But today, and today, today's moment is going to prepare us for, for that. But I just, I just wanted to celebrate what God has already been doing. And it's good. And we can say, God, we can say, and I can say, you, you know, thankful for you, thankful for how the gospel's come to you, to us, how the gospel's ringing out from you and from us. And I thought about a few little particulars because there's so many, you know, normal big things that the gospel talks about that we could say are part of our church. But here's a few ones that I, I think felt particular to me that I, I, I'm going to add to the Apostle Paul. So don't call me a heretic. I won't publish it as scripture. But um, here's... <laughs> bad joke. Anyways... Um, so was, here are the three things. The first one I thought, like, what, what can we celebrate about who we are? You know, and not just kind of like achievements, but just part of our nature. And I thought this, this couple of phrases, and the first phrase is a humble modesty. Like, I feel like I want to celebrate the humble modesty that is in and of our church community. Now, I know we, we want to reach the, the city and the nations, and, but I, I really appreciate the humble modesty that is part of the fabric of who we are as a church community. From the very beginning, and I think year two or three in our 15-year journey, you know, some hits and obstacles and even failures probably even pushed that humble modesty on us. Um, God maybe had to humble us through some failure. But I think from the, we've said this over and over again, and, and some of you will remember, and if you knew, maybe it's not, but we've often said we're not called to be the better or bigger or cooler or wealthier church. That's not what we're called to be. We, we want to be the right church that God is shaping us to be. Amen? And, I, and, and, and how I describe that and what I want to celebrate is our, is our humble modesty. The next thing I want to celebrate is, is our consistent generosity. 
from day one, and, and, and I had this today, I was going to show it later, but from day one, and I, I've, used, I've, I've brought this up before, and, and uh, maybe, maybe we're just hoarders and we keep things for 20 years, but this is like a bought at Ikea probably 18 years ago. But when we first started Westside and we were just uh, literally five people, then seven or eight, like this little basket was, was like in our, in our living room coffee table, and people started, just said, we're going to trust what's going on here, we're going to give. Just a handful of people. You know, and over five or six months, like, those, that small group of people gave like $16,000. And I thought, that was, and that started this little sense, of, this, this sense of consistent generosity. That after four years, uh, our church, which was a church plant, became sustainable and didn't receive any money from any other organization. It was just coming from, slowly from within us, just to support what God was doing. And um, just year after year after year, again, I don't know how to describe it, but I just describe it as a consistent generosity. We look back and say, Lord, you provided for so much. And your people, the people who call Westside home, have been just consistent, generous people towards that. And I love seeing that. There's been moments where we've stepped up in small ways. And, and, and I've told you before, I believe our capacity is even greater. But outside of that, there's just been this consistent, simple generosity that's been part of our fabric and here's the last one, and, uh, and I describe it in these two words, a faithful resilience, a faithful resilience. And y- yesterday was an example because a few people wanted to do the big give, and, and uh, I wasn't very involved in that. And I said, hey, if you guys want to try it. And, and so it was, it was really small and modest and, and um, not well advertised. And it was like, it's just, it made me laugh a little bit because I was like, Wow, how ironic. You know, 15 years later, we still try these things, that, you know, just to try them and see what happens. And I thought, there's a faithful resilience there. And we didn't serve hundreds of people. They repaired eight bikes. Uh, they had a really cool little sing-along with some kids. I met a, a wonderful young Asian girl in her early 20s who comes from a Buddhist background and has become a Mormon and is sitting there getting her bike repaired. And we're just talking about, like, how did all that happen? And we have this opportunity for conversation with her. And I'm like, so, you know, some people would just not have maybe let that be tried. And like, there's a faithful resilience. There's been a couple of times, and you guys, have, many of you have maybe felt this. You came and were like, oh, plans are changed. Like, we're in the gym today. You know, we get a call from the school the night before. We're so sorry, but the water pipe broke, and you're going to have to cancel. And we're like, we can't cancel. Can we do it in the gym? Or one day we showed up at, like, at the normal time to set up, and we're like, they're like, we have, a, we have exams here today. We messed up the schedule. We're sorry. And so we were sitting around. Ten people were like, what do we do? Do we cancel? Do we all go to McDonald's? Do we, do we, you know, do we send out a notice? And then a bunch of us says, no, 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 let's, let's make this happen. Let's, make, let's go set up in the gym. We had no chairs. Half the people were standing. Half the people were on benches. And... And I look back to those moments and I'm like, that's faithful resilience. That's a faithful resilience. One of the stories that, that's always a reminder for me is for several years, we've done a large barbecue and it, it grew. And we haven't been able to do it the last couple of years for, for certain um, scheduling reasons, but it grew to like seven, 800 people. And I remember there was a four-year period. It was a four-year period where it rained three out of four times. And that was when we were growing to like hitting the two, 300 mark or 400 mark and five, 600 mark. And we're like, how, what do we do? And we said, rain or shine, we're, we're in. And we, we crammed in the gym and we did stuff in, in this area and we set things up. And I, and I just remember the resilience. I mean, that can be depressing three out of four years it rains out. 
You know, it is depressing. Let's be honest, you know. And, and when you're talking about big numbers and you've invested money and everything. But there's been this faithful resilience in so many of the things that many of you and all of us have been a part of. And I just, I love that about who we are. And so um, I just want to, that's what I wanted to say today. I want to celebrate us. I want to celebrate you. I want to celebrate um, our modest, our humble modesty and our consistent generosity and our faithful resilience and our tangible presence, little by little, slowly, slowly, like a mustard seed, just involved in the neighborhood and in people's lives. And thankful for you and praying for you and us. And I say you, but I mean us. Like it's, I'm not the Apostle Paul, right? I just, it's us, right? We're a church. And, and, and how the gospel came to us and to you in different ways. And then how the, the gospel rings out of us. And so I want to celebrate you. So we're going to, I'm going to invite the team to come up. We're going to, we want to just, um, just transition this moment with a moment of worship. And um, yeah, that, that's, this is the heart of it, right? We celebrate, I want to celebrate you. We celebrate us. We celebrate what God has been doing. We've said for years now that we want to be God's living and local presence, right? The spiritual house that God is building um, with us. Jesus Christ, the cornerstone. Jesus Christ, the living stone. And us as living stones out of second, first Peter. This, this slow, tangible presence to be God's living and local presence as he leads us and guides us. And, um, and so we're going we're gonna to pray and we're going to sing. And, uh, and then we're going to move into this short, little small part of our gathering, which we're calling the commitment part of our gathering. But um, let's, let's stand and pray and the team's going to come up and lead us in this song. Bless you, God. Father, we're so grateful. Thank you. Because we can say, like Paul said to this church 2,000 years ago, I can say, I feel I can say that I'm so thankful, always thankful for Westside. God, I'm grateful for each person who calls Westside home and each person who is exploring faith in you alongside us. And God, give me the, the determination and discipline to be prayerful for Westside every day. God, I'm thankful how the gospel has come to many, many, to all of us here, really. We would not be here if the gospel did not come to us. So thank you for how the gospel of Jesus has come to us and penetrated our hearts and lives and at work among us. Thank you for the stories of transformation and the stories of new belief and faith. We pray for so much more of that, God. But today we just say thank you for what already has happened. And Lord, we thank you, thank you for how the message in small and large ways has rung out from us. God, we don't have any crazy ambitious ambition to be louder than we have to be. But we want to be consistently ringing out the message of the gospel as you give us opportunity, God. In word, in deed, in relationship, in proclamation, in neighborhoods and in networks, on Sundays and scattered throughout the week. Thank you 
for how the message has rung out and thank you for how you're going to continue using us. And thank you, God, for the particularities of who we are as a church. We don't, we don't want to pretend to be like any other church. You don't call us to be, besides being committed to Jesus and the gospel and the Great Commission. God, help us to be content with who you're calling us to be and help us to be ready to be stretched as you call us to be. You haven't left us yet. You haven't left us to be what we are. You're going to keep growing us and nurturing us and transforming us continually, God. And so, Lord, we don't want to necessarily be the bigger or better or cooler church, God. We want to be the right church that you're shaping us to be. And out of that, God, out of our heart devoted to you, may the message of the gospel ring out. Thank you for all the particularities of the people and talents and gifts strengths and weaknesses and successes and failures that are part of who we are, God. I celebrate that. Amen.